things look very promising. I sent a proposal out to a gentleman to do his business plan today. All right, ready? Yep, go. Welcome to Intern Whisperer Live, the show all about internships and how to survive them. This is Jerron. This is Isabella, and joining us for this episode is David Hunter with Caldwell Banker NRT and Austin Bott from UCF, Valencia College graduate and a former Pivot Business Consulting intern. Coming up this episode of Intern Whisperer Live, we have David Hunter, who is the Regional Com Commercial Director, East Coast of Florida and National Bank Specialty Group at Caldwell Banker Commercial NRT which focuses on commercial real estate transactions. We also have Austin Bott, a previous finance intern with Pivot Business Consulting. We're also going to talk about some great leaders, entrepreneurship, and the coolest innovation in real estate. Also, we're going to talk about the real estate industry. So how can people find us? Look for us on our Facebook page. It's going to be two different places. This is always good news. Facebook.com forward slash Pivot Biz Consult, and then also Intern Pursuit. Um, then on our Twitter, it's at PivotBizConsult and at InternPursuit. And then we have our game. I always want to make sure I point people to the game. So go to our InternPursuitWebsite.com, InternPursuit.com, and then forward slash game. You can play our game there. And we have LinkedIn. You can listen to us on the M-I-X-L r.com <laughs> forward slash Valencia College radio channel. Make sure you put it all together and then follow the radio station. You'll get notifications on how to follow our show and then you can watch us live on Facebook. And before we start to start the show, let's talk about our first sponsor. Starter Studio is an accelerator and co-working area located in downtown Orlando. A cool co-working space to 100 plus companies working in areas of technology and supportive businesses. A healthy startup community doesn't exist in a bubble, and Starter Studio is working to connect startups to a broader entrepreneurial ecosystem that will help them grow. You can find them at starterstudio.org. Thank you, Starter Studio. Okay, <laughs> so we have no transition music, oh, yeah, so that's okay. Andy does that, and Andy's not with us tonight. So for all of our listeners that like Andy... He is unfortunately not here tonight, so I am Andy's wannabe person today. <laughs> I am the, the person. So David Hunter, who is the Regional Commercial Director, East Coast of Florida, and National Bank Specialty Group at Caldwell Banker Commercial, NRT. What a mouthful, David. <laughs> I don't know how you fit all of that on a business card. That's amazing. Oh, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really a, that's, a mouthful. That's just what I own up to. So Gotcha. <laughs> All right, so first question is, where did you go to college, and what was your degree? Ah, I went to the University of Florida in Gainesville. Um, We're supposed to be going chomp, chomp, yes, go are. Gators, yes, right? <laughs> yes, we are. Born okay. and bred. Uh, parents went to school there. I went to school there. Um, sisters all went to Florida State, so they were, uh, I guess, the uh, bad side of the family. But no, University of Florida, That's uh, I studied uh, pre-law. And uh, with with uh, which was basically history and poli sci with the 
program tailing to send you to law school, but I decided not to go that route. Hmm. Well, little known fact, my first two years were at University of Florida, too. That's where I pledged my sorority. Ah. You might have to move your microphone just a little closer to you. Okay. Or sit closer, whatever. It's got to be <laughs> intimate go. here. Yes. Yep. And my first two years there, gigantic school, and I, I love the school, but I graduated. My last two years are from Rollins, and so I love Rollins even more. What can I say? But go Gators. I love Rollins, too. I'm, I'm a big fan. So, mm-hmm. um, Interesting little fun fact. I know we're going to get into this later, but I know you have this artistic side of you. And I think originally one of the things you had shared with me one time is you were thinking of even being an art major. Yeah, I, I had somebody pursue me to see if I would go uh, uh, undergrad in, in art or at that time the, the beginnings of uh, computer art programs, but uh, it sounded like too much work. Oh, <laughs> so, really? Yes. And so now, what you're doing now is like no work at all. No, yes. I love to read, and I mean, I, people make fun of me because, uh, you know, I You're can, a nerd, and that's yeah, okay, I am, that's cool. I, I am a closet nerd, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, you'll find me hi- hiding in the uh, sci-fi store now, but uh, no, I, I loved to read as a kid. You know, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, so I was always reading something. And, and history and political science interests me, so that was where I found my strong suit. Mm-hmm. And when you were thinking about school, one of the things that many students uh, don't really aren't really aware of is, like, industries. They don't mm-hmm. understand the concept of industries. It's not something they hear about, in, certainly in high school. And they get exposed to it when they go to college. So what industries were you thinking of going into? Because industries mean mm-hmm. a general Well, I'll, I'll say path. this. I really had no distinct, clear path as to where I wanted to go. Um, I believe I had what would be deemed as an informal internship. Uh, so I, I knew what I wanted to help others with. Mm-hmm. So uh, fortunately, I had someone that was a mentor to me that said, hey, uh, you know, come and work with me and let me show you the ropes. So one thing led to another. So pretty much the three years of college, I worked for him and then continued to work for him after college. So it just continued evolved as it continued to go forward Mm -hmm. and I remember one time when we were talking you've you've worked in the finance realm you've also worked in (laughs) banking so it's pretty broad listen I've always told people I was either too stupid to say no or too over anxious to raise my hand Mm -hmm. uh, to say yes I'll go but um, uh, I was very fortunate this gentleman was uh, when I say a, uh, a very made a very big impression on me, he was uh, what I would say is a, a self-educated Renaissance man. He had an appreciation for all things, especially things he didn't know, and he made a, a, a big impression on me in that you don't necessarily have to know everything. You just n- need to know the people that do. Mm-hmm. And uh, develop those relationships, You know, learn what you don't know, stick with what you do, and that helped me a lot. He was in banking. He was in, you know, uh, outside of banking. He was in other financial realms. He was in real estate development. He was an entrepreneur on multiple levels. So he, you know, taught me the value of understanding all of those different components. So, Yeah. Um, one of the things that I always like, and these are things that I haven't discussed with you yet, so you Uh-oh. have no idea I'm going <laughs> to throw it out here. Um, you have a real love of innovation. And, oh. oh, my goodness, you come back, and we've had discussions on all types of really cool things that are out there, and it's up to you if you want to disclose any of that. But you have an interest in investors, 
in the entrepreneur space and putting investment dollars into things like that, and then just the innovation that you've shared. And this is yeah. kind of, it wasn't in our list of questions, yeah. but I really want to talk about that and, you know, go ahead yeah. and I expand. Get, I get people ask me, uh, how did you wind up here? And it always comes down to, um, I'm looking, where's, where's everything going? When I say everything, everybody has different facets of their life and they look at, you know, change, obviously technology has changed communications and jobs. And so I think just to be satisfied, to be in one realm, uh, it, it can lead to the, I guess, disappointment. So I'm always looking to learn more, do more, um, uh, especially with the internet things coming and, uh, you know, it's a bright future for everybody. And I would say, I would, I would like to think I'm a futurist that I like looking towards, you know, where things going, but, uh, I realize my shortcomings, so I have to rely upon a lot of a lot more smarter people than I am. And you no, know, I don't think you're alone. But I would definitely define you as a person that is forward thinking and and almost uh, I not almost I would say a thought leader because w mm -hmm. things that you put out there when we've talked about um, what does the real estate industry look like, we'll touch on that later. You think ahead of where most of the people are in your particular industry. Can people on the radio see I'm blushing? No. <laughs> um, I, I, I appreciate that. And, and I think that, again, comes from having uh, worked with such great mentors. Uh, when I say, you know, one had like an eighth grade education and others had graduate degrees. And I learned from everybody that there are, you know, ways of looking at things and you know, when they say you learn how to learn, that, that, that to me is a big lesson. Mm -hmm. So why did you end up choosing real estate? I think it chose me. <laughs> uh, I was working with this uh, gentleman in college, and all things led back to fixed assets, you know, land. They're not making any more of it, location, location, location. There were things that were just pragmatic fundamentals that I really liked and uh, because I had a little bit of an artistic side I liked the creative part of saying what could it be so everybody I teach I kind of tell them to look at it you know I have seven deadly questions and depending on the day what they are but uh, really to, to develop the you know highest and best use for that particular piece of property or investment whatever the case may be. Hmm, that's interesting. We'll have to come back to those seven <laughs> deadly questions. That sounds in intriguing. Okay, so um, you ha you and I have known each other probably pretty close to four years, I want to say now, and that you were previously a guest for the Florida Patient Association, a mm -hmm. nonprofit that's near and dear to your heart. Mm -hmm. So our listeners can actually go and find you on our if they look on our, our uh, Facebook feed and soon-to-come podcast page, they'll be able to find more information about that. So I do want to make sure I give a shout-out on that. But you're here because of Caldwell Banker Commercial mm -hmm. today. So what have you learned from working with interns? I know that that was something that you really wanted to touch on because they're phenomenal people. Um, if I could get the so sound effect, it would be patience. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, I have learned a lot. They have taught me that uh, the learning curve for myself, particularly, um, continues to evolve. The, some of these younger people are walking in, and I am amazed at the ability to assimilate and decipher information and the, their ability to uh, work on projects that I would not have really been able to grasp when I was their age and I think it's just a 
a, a, a tribute to what education is doing. Well, uh, and education. Yeah, but the Internet of Things. Uh, we didn't have the Internet when we were in no, school. No, no, so. but I, I, I will say this. I'm, I'm uh, so impressed by the, the, I guess, the quality of the people that are coming through the door. That's a tribute to you and oh, in, Intern Pursuit and what's happened. Uh, and this program is a is an example of that. I mean, the talent and the things that you guys are doing are, are amazing. So um, I'm just very pleased, and I would say they've taught me a lot. And I wish I'd had a venue like this. I can tell employers if you're looking for a, uh, a source of talent, then this is the, probably the best place I could identify at the time. Oh, that's so kind of you. Thank you. So I created and trained you on an intern management compliance program. And what is the most important point that you learned about staying in compliance? It definitely, uh, with having systems in place and the things that you've taught us, and it has, uh, I would say, I've had no issues relative to con conflict of interest or any improprieties or anything that I've seen that could have been miscued or, or uh, some type of, Legal issue, anything that could have possibly happened has been eliminated uh, short of a natural disaster. <laughs> oh, wow, that, that's like really big. So, okay, I appreciate that one also. Um, so how has this intern program that these interns work with you, um, how has that given you a return on your investment in your own business? The um, Well, there, I would say there's a couple of ways of looking at it. In the profession, we would say IRR. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, my personal intern, uh, my personal internal rate of return has been uh, getting to work with people that I genuinely like and being able to see their maturation process similar, which I'm sure my mentors saw, but I was able to see things in different ones. And, and quite frankly, there's such a communal group. They've continued to help each other develop and more and more and more and that's that's paid multiples i mean i uh, from the very first time that we had an intern thanks to you and establishing the program to to what's happening today uh these guys have built on a legacy to where they're the new ones are benefiting from those days and i think even the ones in the past are benefiting from the from being uh, involved with creating something out of a vacuum mm -hmm. yeah i would agree with that so we're going to go into a different direction here. Now, mm -hmm. on the previous show, you know I'm going to ask you about leaders. Uh, it's going to be what three leaders on a global level, a local level, and a personal level, living or dead, have that you believe are extraordinary and influenced your life? Number one, I would say Jesus. So and global. Yeah. That, that, that's, or personal. That, that would be in the... Uh, universe of things. Okay. <laughs> um, my faith and in, in, in Jesus Christ and what that's led, you know, where it's led me, uh, the confidence it's given me, the the trials and tribulations. As I was talking last time, and I was kind of thinking of different people at the time, but uh, Winston Churchill for overcoming so many obstacles, and even more so probably Abraham Lincoln. So that would be universal through global, local. Um, I would probably most attribute to people that I've worked with. And when mm -hmm. I say that, I try and make sure and say no one's ever worked for me because I had people near and dear to me mm -hmm. said, you don't work for me, you work right. with me. 
So I would say Dean Brantley uh, was probably the most uh, bonding relationship I had where the guy took the time to say, hey, you may not want to approach it from that direction next time. Mm-hmm. You know, even to go retroactive and, and, t- and taught me things even years later. Uh, you know, Clark Butler for being my first real uh, solid example of a guy who uh, worked hard and actually outwor- outworked everyone. <laughs> so that's probably the local. Um, lastly would be family, I would say. I had a mother who was self-made um, in the finance industry and banking, which really didn't exist uh, for women at the time. And, and when they say the the, you know, uh, I saw firsthand how if she had been a man, she probably would have been the CEO of their bank. Mm. So that's interesting. So I want to make sure, um, is it okay? I normally, I'm going to get start sharing our, uh, our show notes in okay. the blog. And is it okay to put those people's names out there? Sure. Sure. Awesome. So I'll confirm those with you a little bit later, uh, before we leave. Mm-hmm. And w- how does innovation fit into your industry? How do you think it's fitting into the real estate? Because there's so many real oh, estate yeah. agents out oh, there, yeah. right? Okay. So I would say that innovation is changing our industry at light speed. There are industries that have been static for so long because they were uh, people-intensive. The Internet of Things, the Internet in general, software, uh, predictive analytics are changing things at at just an amazing pace. I think our industry will be so different in three to five years. Uh, We'll look back at it almost as if it were the horse and buggy when uh, when they started seeing cars come by. Yeah. Um, You know, I envision in the next couple of years you'll, you know, uh, wake up, you'll answer your email, and you'll have at least one, if not multiple, offers on your property waiting for you on your email, Mm -hmm. unsolicited. So from that all the way down to uh, your roof emailing you and saying, hey, we've got a leak, Mm. you know, so... Real estate universally is going to change. It's going to change finances. Uh, you know, predictive analytics can tell you that uh, uh, 7.5 years is the average, you know, hold period for an investment property. And suddenly people who have owned a shopping center or office building are going to start receiving uh, letters of interest, at, you know, at the seventh year. Mm, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you're an entrepreneur. We know that being in real estate, you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know you have other interests too. Mm-hmm. So what has your entrepreneurial journey been like? Um, I have found that um, opportunities have come to me in the forms that I didn't necessarily recognize at the time. Uh, in the past and even now, I mean, I, I'm very, um, I would say, I make a concerted effort to look at everything that happens so that I'm not missing something. Mm. And I tell everybody that you're going to get, you know, different looks. And when I say looks, they, they come in different packages. So what appears to be the worst deal might not be the worst deal. And what appears to be the best deal might not be the best deal. So mm-hmm. uh, take the time to really look. And, and I, I, have, I hope it's been an impression uh, on these guys to, and girls to learn the basics because the fundamentals allow you to do more. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Well, so we're going to be finishing up. We're finished up with David, and we're we're supposed to have transition music. Yeah. So da, we can think of something. Da, 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 da. Welcome to okay. the intern spotlight okay. with Austin Bott. Thank you. <laughs> I got you. A previous pivot business consulting intern, Valencia College graduate, and now UCF student. 
How you doing, Austin? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. We're glad to have you. So, since you're from Valencia, do you have any shout-outs before we begin? Sure. Well, and we're going to talk about me and my internship journey a little bit, and mm -hmm. so I think it's appropriate to kind of give a little background that when I first came to Isabella looking for an internship, it was uh, at a point in my life where I had made some mistakes. I actually got kicked out of UCF, and Valencia took me in and let me come in and, and still continue my education and, and finish my AA degree, so I'm definitely thankful for that, and I kind of want to give them a shout-out about um, making that happen for me. Yay, Valencia. <laughs> Where dreams come true. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Yeah, that is true, too. But really, um, you know, uh, community college is, and now it's a full-on <laughs> college, is such an important thing because it's hard for someone to go to a university at such a high cost starting off. And so for Valencia to be here and other colleges around the state to offer programs and that people can afford is, is a really big thing. Oh, yeah, I understand that completely. I came from um, Indian River State College, and I okay. believe that was, like, the third cheapest when it came to credit hours. Okay. But it was yeah. still a great school, and I also had a theater scholarship that paid for all my classes. So I'm like, you can take what you'll get. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. All right, but now let's talk about UCF. First of all, what is your major? So my major at UCF is interdisciplinary studies uh, with a concentration on public affairs in legal studies, and I have a minor in political science and finance. Finance. Okay. So interdisciplinary studies is a program where you choose multiple degrees and or multiple subject areas, and you work on combining those subject areas and kind of seeing where the gaps are. Um, and so it's almost like a build-your-own-degree, but I think it's really valuable because the world is interdisciplinary. It's mm -hmm. not just you it's go just into one, one industry and you do nothing but that. And people who do that, that's great. We need those people, but we also need people to fill in the gaps. So, Is it kind of like a, a little MBA program, but it's not an MBA? Well, right. So and it doesn't have to be business-focused necessarily. Mm -hmm. Some people do it for different psychology. sciences. Some people do it for yeah, right, psychology and, and legal studies. And so mine is kind of, I would call mine the business version because I get the finance aspect. And then I also get public affairs, how governments do things. And legal studies, which the law affects everything. So, mm. um, you know, and that's definitely valuable to me in my career and hopefully in real estate um, where it kind of plays off the finances, mm -hmm. what the government's doing, you know, what the zoning is, what is it, and what are the legal obligations or, or requirements associated with that. So, And what made you think that you had to be the guy to fill in that gap, like you said earlier? Well, I just I, – I, that's a good question. Uh, <laughs> I just found that my interests were all over the place and not necessarily in one area. So this allowed me to, you know, explore all my interests uh, in one degree. I really like that idea, honestly, because when I was looking at going to school, I was just like how David was sharing. is going, oh, law. I think everybody thinks they're going to be a lawyer or a doctor. And then I went, nope, don't want to do that. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out what I was that I did want to pursue I chose it based on what I like to do, and it was just one one particular thing, English major. I love the fact that UCF offers this type of an opportunity where students can, like you said, build your own degree. That's awesome. Right. right. All right, and how did you meet Isabella? Oh. So I met Isabella through looking for an internship. I had been applying to different internships, and I found Pivot Business Consulting online, and I thought, hey, this would be really cool way to get into the business world as a 
consulting business where they see multiple different types of businesses and nonprofits. And mm-hmm. um, she was nice enough to take me on board and show me the way. So. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I remember meeting him, and uh, he he looks really, really young. He still looks really, really young. <laughs> and I l- looked at him and said, um, you look like you're 12. <laughs> you know, He's way older looking, though, now. I mean, he's very young. And it was just amazing to me that he was uh, so fresh out of school mm. and looking for this opportunity, and I was just thrilled to be able to work with him. And how long, long ago was it that you guys met? Let me think. That would probably have been 2013. Yeah, it was right when I had launched Pivot. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So I think it was that summer of 2013. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I 14. think so. 14, yeah, 14? it had to be. Yeah. David would know better than <laughs> David that. knows. 14. We're going to yeah. trust David. <laughs> We're going to trust him. And yeah. what do you think was the most valuable thing you learned from your time during your internship with Pivot? Well, I definitely got a broad-based what is business and what is a nonprofit and and how do things sort of sort of work. I didn't hadn't gotten into any specific classes at that point. It was just general education courses. So, be, getting a real-world experience was definitely uh, something very valuable for mm-hmm. me. And what do you think? I know you've learned a lot, obviously, since 2013. But what do you think? Um, that you learned from your internship that you think propelled you forward? Oh, and let me kind of set this one up. So we have a hashtag that we're working to trend, and it's called hashtag what I learned. So this is the key question here. It's like what I learned. And your response is going to be the little quote that gets put in there. So it's what I learned. And it it also applies to employers. So that's why I was asking David, what is it he learned from (laughs) working with uh, students? Sure. Well, um, it was such a, a broad internship because I got to work on the nonprofit side, and then I got to work with David at Coldwell Banker. So I, I learned how to manage multiple tasks at the same time. Um, I also learned a little bit about adult babysitting, where sometimes you have to follow up for things multiple <laughs> times because it's not getting done. Um, so definitely um, project management, and like I say, the adult, adult babysitting yeah. aspect of it. I would tell them, don't be afraid to manage up. And so that's really where it is. He's calling it adult babysitting. <laughs> I called it managing up because, like, we have crazy amount of stuff going on in mm-hmm. our, our head. So he did good. All right. And where do you <laughs> see yourself in commercial real estate in the next five years? So I don't know that I'll be in commercial real estate per se, but definitely something related to it. Um, I, my goal is to work somehow in, involved in, in development projects, um, whether it's a commercial real estate or whether that's uh, an institutional thing, or or whether it's in the form of a public-private partnership, um, um, it's I see some sort of real estate development or uh, governmental project helping a development, something along those lines. Um, I'm I'm also I'm currently I'm working with the Creative Village project in UCF mm-hmm. downtown, and so something like that whether it's here in Orlando or somewhere else I'd like to be a part of. So what's super cool about that is he got some experience working with a nonprofit, and that's where Creative City is about. But he's worked in real estate, and he's got this interest in government side. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of pulling all of his pieces together where he had some exposure. That's cool. Yeah, it really is. And uh, that's such a cool project because it's where the old Amway Center was, and it's Mm -hmm on the border of Paramore and where, you know, Paramore homes were, and there's nothing really going on on that, in that area. And so this is a government coming in and saying, okay, a master developer has rights to 
improve this area, and there's a CRA to raise money to improve the infrastructure, and now UCF is going there to draw business there. And so it's a coordination of private industry, government, and education coming together to transform an area. So I just think it's something that couldn't happen without all, all those partners. And I'm also going to give a shout-out. Valencia is part of that UCF yeah, package, Valencia too. also, yeah. yeah. So it's Valencia and UCF. Fun fact, UCF, second largest university in the country. Mm -hmm. Valencia is now moved up to the first largest in the country. You know, as a two-year college, it's now uh -huh. expanded into four. They have the largest amount of population, and they are a giant. When you put them together, they're even mega giant. All right, Valencia and UCF, where dreams always come true. Always come true. <laughs> always, yeah. Yeah. All right, but currently, since I know you are a commercial real estate agent, mm-hmm. Um, I know that means you're also an entrepreneur. So do you have any specific entrepreneur stories that you'd like to share? Any specific entrepreneurial stories? Now, you made some money, so you might want to share that one. I did, <laughs> I did. And so, and that was part of, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, it wasn't all me. It was with the help of Isabella and David putting me into this position. And it first started with me being an intern with Isabella and kind of going on loan and in our intern management program to Coldwell. And um, David kind of threw me in there with uh, one of the investors from China, uh, Uncle Wen, as we like to call him. <laughs> and um, he gave me the opportunity to uh, do a lot of searches for him, looking for property, and then eventually gave me the opportunity to work on selling one of his properties. And I think he only really gave me that opportunity both because of Isabella and David vouching for me and then also me diving all the way in and, and doing my best that I could. And, um, and that materialized into me making some real money uh, probably a year and a half down the road. So um, the entrepreneurial lesson there is just dive in and, and do your best and good things will happen. Okay, I just want to make sure I give a timeout because I, I'm pretty sure David's going to agree with me on this one. Um, I appreciate the fact that you acknowledge me. I'm sure David does also. But your work ethic is one that's just extremely, you're dedicated, you're, you have high ethics and high morals. And, and I know that what you got from that is something because that's your work ethic. And so it, it wasn't just us. It was definitely you threw yourself all the way in there. Absolutely. Uh, the tenacity of a pit bull. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're not going to let you not acknowledge yeah. your own strengths and your own, uh, you know, check I can add to that. He um, stepped up, and uh, if there's anything for someone to emulate, I just heard the enrollment clicking going up, as he was talking about, from Valencia to U UCF. But I can tell anybody looking and aspiring to do an internship, uh, if they're half as diligent as Austin was, they will do well. Oh, yeah, I would agree with that. So we're just going to wow. give you that little, like, love there because, <laughs> like, you're awesome, and we, we recognize that. Well, thank you both. Uh, as he says, tenacity of a pit bull, but maybe exterior appearance of a chihuahua. <laughs> 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 Not really. <laughs> no. Okay. okay. <laughs> Back uh, to you, Jerome. <laughs> And I know since all these things that you've learned through your internship and through Dave and Isabella, um, is there any wisdom or any advice that you would like to pass on to others seeking internships as well? Sure. Well, definitely be, be a sponge um, and, and commit yourself all the way. If you put in your effort and you're there to listen and absorb as much as you can, you can definitely get something out of it. Um, an internship is not just something that you're going to put on your resume. It's 
it's for you to learn and gain experience and that's real value that an employer is giving you so don't take it for granted and and, and give your best shot at it i never do yeah and you're awesome also <laughs> thank I'm, you thank i'm you. throwing that over <laughs> there to you you know when we have the guests it's always about the guests too but you know, you do a great job thank, thank you. you i appreciate it all right, and besides internships, for those still just going through college, um, do you have any tips for, like, or suggestions for ways for them to fund their education? Sure. Well, um, one one way could be, as we mentioned earlier, um, you know, the, the college route starting out versus university, I think, is a way to get a discount. Um, and then probably working your way through is, is a good way to do it, too. It's definitely manageable to work your way through at a, at a two-year institution and and, and get things rolling that way. So you mean have a job? Yeah, have a job. <laughs> keep a job. Keep a job, yeah. If you That's can. really good time management there. Oh, we've got our disco lights right. going on. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, they're going. But uh, really good time management when you can have a job and go to school and learn how to um, study and then still manage personal life, whatever that is, which I know you do also, Jerron, because, oh, yeah. like, you have – Two internships, a job, you're in extracurricular, and then you also, you know. It's a lot, but yeah. I make it work. Yeah, but, and that's what he does, yeah. too. But I going back to time management, since you mentioned it, um, to Isabella and you, um, do you think, how do you guys think you found that balance? Do you think you've always kind of had that inside you where you were always able to manage your time wisely? Or do you think it just took a lot of, like, mistakes Ooh. or... <laughs> you go first. <laughs> I would say no. Uh, it's still finding <laughs> the balance. Um, and sometimes that's that's definitely a weakness of mine is kind of stacking the plate too full and not being able to do everything. And over time, I've learned to just say no to some things so you can do the things you have um, efficiently. But also, um, you know, it's better to make more time for things that are going to be productive than making time for Netflix at the end of the day. So if I'm stacked with too much of my plate, then that means that I'm making the most of my time. So Yeah, I agree. The ability to say no is key because so many people will say, hey, will you be on this committee? Mm. Would you volunteer in this capacity? Um, can you, and a lot of it is when you're in business for yourself, it is donating things to other businesses and you know whatever it is that's out there. So you can do an internship that's unpaid. It's the same if you're a business owner. You're still having to either donate services, donate something. Um, I don't think it... I don't think a person has to say yes to everything. And so I am not the person that has learned <laughs> to manage time uh, very well because I start my day at 6.30, and then I also, it's like 11 when I'm finished. I don't know. David, how do you do? How do you do with time management? Do you learn how to say no? Well, I'll say I, I heard what you said about working through college, and, and I did too. Uh, I would advise people that uh, – you know, structure is important, and, and having a job helps create structure and, you know, just being able to recognize what the priorities are. So um, that, that helped me immensely. I think prioritizing, that's a point that none of us brought right. up. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's definitely something that's there. So that's, that's valuable, yeah. Yeah, with the prioritizing, there's a saying that a good leader knows, is always juggling and knows which balls they can drop and which ones they need to keep mm -hmm. juggling. And so that's kind of part of it. Maybe it's saying yes to everything and then knowing what you can leave till later and what you need to do right in that moment. Um, yeah, so it's important. a bit of a magician because that one of those balls is going to be hanging in the air. It's not that they got dropped. They're just like, ah, it's suspended mm -hmm. for just a little bit of time. Yeah. And since you mentioned leaders, 
three leaders, living or dead on a global level, local level, and personal level that you find extraordinary. Okay. Well, I'm actually going to name three, although David named about 25, I think. <laughs> but they were good, 25. They were yeah. good. They were yeah. pretty good. Um, I think on a global level, and I had to think about this a little bit, um, but on the global level, I'm going to choose Elon Musk, and not because he's necessarily succeeded in everything he's done, but he takes some real um, you know, drastic paths that he believes in, and I really admire that as far as what he's done with SpaceX and some of the innovation that he's done, which is a, a theme that we're talking about where he's reusing rockets now, which is something that people probably would have never thought of if he didn't mm -hmm. come along and say that he wanted to go to the Mars. And so um, him doing things like that um, and just hit from sitting in traffic and saying, oh, I'm going to build a tunnel under the ground, and, and now it's happening. You know, he takes his ideas, and he really goes all in to them and gets people behind them. And so I, I really admire that, and we need more people like that pushing the human race along um, rather than just looking back and trying to maintain. We need to keep pushing the edge, pushing the envelope. Advancement. So, yep. Yeah, so I admire that. Um, on a more local level and getting kind of political, um, our local representative here, uh, Carlos Guillermo Smith, is a uh, trailblazer and a, a very unique individual. Um, he's a politician that I respect a lot, not necessarily because I agree with all of his policy, but because he ran on a platform and he stuck to it. And he doesn't play political games. He goes up to Tallahassee and he cuts through the BS. And, and, and I like that. I like that a lot. So um, I admire him quite a bit. Um, I don't know how long he'll last up there because he does that. <laughs> um, he's going to get squeezed out maybe. But um, I definitely admire uh, the way that he does things. Um, and then on a personal level, I've got to appreciate my two mentors right here next to me that like have so done so of. much for me um well really and, and they say i'm being so nice but the, they Checks really in the have mail. <laughs> they really have done a lot for me and in, in my life and taking me from a low point to uh to really put me on the path that i'm on now so okay I, so I, yeah blushing. i appreciate right. that yeah, yeah. yeah thank you that's hey, really pass it forward uh we've had the same I've, I've said it over and over somebody did the same for me so yeah and i think that's the thing that everybody should remember when you give those kind of uh acknowledgements out that this is an investment every relationship we decide how much time we want to invest into that person and if we invest a lot, it's because we really believe in that person. So it, it says a lot about what we think about you. So, well, thank you yeah. for believing. Yeah, we <laughs> do. And slightly switching gears a little bit, um, what is the coolest innovation that you've seen in tech? Um, so it's still kind of evolving, and it's, uh, it's going to be uh, maybe a positive and a negative transformation. But sure. And David mentioned it earlier, it's the Internet of Things. So it's not just the power of the Internet, but it's, the power of the internet in everything. It's its your fridge telling you that your milk has gone bad and just ordering new milk without you even knowing. It's uh, you know your roof telling you that it's leaking and, and just the, the knowledge and the data that's going to come with that is going to change the way we do everything. Um, and, and I think of it from a real estate perspective more, but um, if you think of it as from transportation and, and, and just a way of life, it's going gonna, it's gonna to change the way we do everything. And and when a robot can do everything, then what you know? What do we need jobs for? When people complain about we're losing our jobs to Mexico, well, it's like no, you're losing jobs to technology, and yeah. we're not going to need like a lot of the jobs that we have now. So, 
is it a is it a world where everyone is is it a utopia where everything's done for us or is it a dystopia or what's it going to be and, and that's an interesting question because I am uh, speaking at Rollins College on a, an HR panel uh, it's the Sherm panel this weekend and one of the questions that this is totally not planned um, mm -hmm. the questions that they said that they would like to know more about and so I did quite a bit of research on it it was what is the future of HR and one of the things that came out of my research is that's a very same question what does that job market look like for us the important thing for us to all remember is that the machines aren't going to necessarily create themselves they can I mean we can create a machine that can create a machine right but there's this place of our own imagination and our own creativity that's going to be something that actually is ahead of the machines. So the machines, yeah, Hopefully. there will be some jobs that we lose. And there's going to be other jobs that are going to be coming up that we can't even see right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. so. I think I heard a stat the other day that like 80% of all jobs that will be here in the next 10 years aren't, don't exist yet. Yes. And that's probably not yes. the correct stat exactly. I don't think it is the right one, <laughs> but, but it's something right. like that where we don't exactly know what that job market will look like in mm -hmm. the future. So we have to stay open to it, flexible. Mm. And honestly, I think if you think about everything that we see in movies, like face transplants and all of the amazing things that people do, driverless cars, all of that came out of movies before we started inventing it. And then so somebody thought about it from that perspective. Oh, yeah. And then it turned into this other thing that now we have it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like, um, I mean, face transplants are happening now. I think the second oh, one just... Oh, it's happened a long yeah. time ago, yeah. Yeah, and even like going back to the saying like movies, like even like the smartwatch, you always see like James Bond always like talking right. to his thing, and now you see it all the time because we all do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. <laughs> so it's just like that. Did we have any other questions for him? That was all. Awesome. Thank you, Austin, for being our intern spotlight. Very good. It was my good. pleasure. Yeah. And so now I wanted to move into something that I had. I don't know if anybody ever listens to this, so it's open for all of you guys. <laughs> listens to this podcast. It's uh, Reed Hoffman's Masters of Scale. Anybody? You've heard, I've it? heard of it? Yeah. Have you listened? I haven't okay. heard of it, no. This one is so cool. I always recommend this podcast to others. Um, it's, it's entertainment, not first. It's definitely knowledge, but it's also this incredible, entertaining show that moves at a very fast pace, that has high-level individuals that come in and talk about their own entrepreneurial stories that have innovation in them, incredible things. So one of the podcasts that I was listening to talked about first principle thinking. So I pulled that one up. And, you know, I have to look over here at my notes. Reed Hoffman is the partner with Greylock Partners, and they work with entrepreneurs to build market-transforming companies. Notable Greylock portfolios include LinkedIn, Facebook, Workday, Airbnb, all types of different companies, Instagram, uh, Pandora. And so these are really amazing shows. Okay, a little note. I see it. Okay, got <laughs> it. So first principle thinking is used in Silicon Valley, and it's the idea that everything that we do is underpinned by a foundational belief, some type of core values, things of that sort. And it's really short, so I know we still have a couple of other things that we have to add on here. Um, I don't know if anybody has heard of first principle thinking or if they actually use it in the worst workplace. David, mm -hmm. have you ever heard of this? Yeah, it's. Uh, I was out at a conference in Jackson Hole, and they were speaking of that. And uh, as a whole, the you know to move uh, 
either technology or innovation for the greater good? You know, what can you do to change and continue to add value, I guess would be from my perspective. So Yeah, and it's like what can you pull upon the people inside of your business and say what can we do to make our customer experience better, right. our employee experience better? It's looking for the ways that you bring that innovation and improvements in there. Have you ever heard of it, Austin? I have not. I'm going to have to listen to that. Okay. Well, I think I think those type, uh, you know, uh, thought leaders are looking to best practices. Yeah. You know, they want to see that everyone strives for to add on because you know to the point that you guys were making, we don't even know what we don't know, mm -hmm. and and you're striving. If you recognize that, you're constantly going to be looking for innovation and talking and, and pushing the envelope. I think there's more collaboration than there's ever been before. I mean, oh, I, I do. This open sourcing and people, you know, leaving their uh, technology or their, you know, uh, IP open for innovation for people to come from the outside, I think that will change the world. Yep. And it's just what Austin was saying earlier, too, where the government and the educational partners and, and the for-profit, they're all coming together to bring that there. Mm -hmm. So... I know we have to wrap up, so I'm going to let you do our sponsor message, Jerome. All right. Our sponsor number two, BMDM Marketing Agency. BMDM is a direct marketing agency focused on helping companies reach individuals through online and offline means. Through their newest product enables them to send postcards or letters to homes of anonymous website visitors within 24 hours of their visit using a patented IP matching technology and our in-house on-demand printing. Thank you, BMDM Marketing Agency, for sponsoring the Whis Intern Whisperer Live. And so now we have more transition music that's invisible. Uh, the Valencia Spotlight. I also want to make sure I'm giving a special shout-out to our Valencia Community College partner on the East Campus is where you can find this radio program. It's the state-of-the-art social broadcasting studio with a great atmosphere. I hope everybody that watches us sees these cool psychedelic lights. We have knowledgeable staff. And a special shout-out to John Q. We love him. He is the program manager here. Fantastic environment to produce in and easy equipment to use. And Jerron's going to be testing me on that next week. Of course. Yes. I will. I will. All right. <laughs> so we have more transition music right now. <laughs> then we're going to what? All right, do any of our guests have any shout-outs before we end the show? Um, I'll give a shout-out to President Hid at UCF. And thank you for all your Yay. service and uh, retiring coming up in June. So uh, appreciate everything you've done for this area and the school. Mm -hmm. I would say uh, shout-out to all the interns that have worked with us, um, Austin being the leader of the pack of that, and thank you to – Isabella for allowing the opportunity to, to, to happen. So uh, thank, thank you to both of you. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, David. I'm going to give a shout-out, of course, to Valencia, to Andy and Jerron, and always all of our guests that have been in the past, present, and then upcoming guests. Um, and then I would say a special shout-out to Starter Studio, honestly, because... Um, They've done some really great things down there, and people should be looking to see what's coming next. And what about you, Jerron? Shout out? Um, a shout out to my parents, of course, all the time for always supporting me, and my Aunt Darlene, because she, as Yay, you said last episode, she's my biggest fan. <laughs> she <is. laughs> she's always liking and giving us comments and feedback. That's awesome. So how can people contact us? I filled this in so we would actually have it. Um, info at internpursuit.com. 
and the website is internpursuit.com. And then the phone number is 321-422-2166 if you want to find out how you, too, can have an outstanding experiential compliant intern program. Or you want to si have us all sign off and oh, say no, goodbye? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Are you all ready? Yeah. We are. All right. Let's play the music. Yay, we love this music. <laughs> this has been Jerron. This is Isabella. This has been Austin. This has been David. And thank you for listening to the Intern Whisperer Live. We'll see you next week. Hope you had it. enjoy the time.